Today, we are joined by Fred Rockwell. Fred's career has seen some fascinating transitions, from an MBA grad to a founder in capital management groups to a founder in an investment summit, and now the CEO of Ascent Conference, an annual conference for SaaS leaders. We're going to be talking about career transitions, networking, and the Tion conferences, and a whole lot more. Get ready for another episode of Lee2B, the sassiest podcast for B2B. Hey, Fred. Hey, Lee. Thanks for having me on, man. Of course, of course. It's so good to, to talk to you. We've talked so much, so much on LinkedIn, um, so it's nice to actually be on, on, on the phone together. Yeah, those connections you make on LinkedIn, it's so weird because you like feel like you know somebody a little bit, but you've never actually met face-to-face, so... Yeah, I do feel like I know you, but this is one of the first times we've spoken face to face. So good to meet you. Yeah. You know, a lot of people actually say that to me because, again, I'm an introvert who acts like an extrovert. Um, but then like people just like will talk to me like like they know me. And I'm like, Before we even get to the conference stuff, I saw a recent post of yours that I just really loved. And you said you started your your journey or I guess your business journey by bringing coffee to meetings and just building trust in person. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Honestly, I can't say that I came up with it. I heard it that that's what Bloomberg did, Michael Bloomberg, when he started Bloomberg. Uh, so I stole his move. And it was basically like, I just want these people to like me. I want to earn their trust. I want to build these relationships. And that's what I felt comfortable doing. I didn't know anything about marketing or sales. I was just like, look, these are people how do I build their trust and get them to like me? No one else is really going to their office. No one's coming humble, like bringing them their favorite coffee. So, you know, that's what you, I like, did. So did you show up unexpected? Like who are these people you were were like just showing up at with coffee? Yeah, just like, you know, I, I targeted maybe 30 people that I thought were the most influential in this space for small public companies And there were 30 that were just like gatekeepers. And if I could break in and build relationships with these 30 people, I'd be good. So I was just spent all my time trying to figure out how to do that. And I lived in DC at the time and most of them were in New York City. So I would just come up to New York. I would try to plan the visits as much as I could. But if I couldn't, I'd just, you know, I'd email them that day like, hey, you know, I'm right, I'm right in front of your office. Like, could I just bring you up a Starbucks? Like, what's your favorite? Like, I'll just, you know, and uh, people are more willing to take that meeting because it's like a nice extra thing that no one else does. Everyone else is just like, hey, can I get a meeting? Can I get a meeting? Um, Do you think that would work today? That tactic? Oh, yeah. I'm not that old, dude. This isn't like 30 years ago. This is... uh, Sorry, that's not what I meant. But let me clarify. So I meant more like... Like, <laughs> I meant more like so many people are remote now. Also, every building has security that needs badges. People's schedules are packed. They're they're a little more jaded too now because everybody's selling them stuff. Absolutely. Like if you're in a city where there are, you know, a lot of people that are still going into the office, I think it depends on the space. You know, I think SaaS is more remote than a lot of other types of uh, employment. So it might be harder. I haven't, I try to meet people in person as much as possible in this space as well. Like if I hear somebody's in New York, 
then I'm in their LinkedIn DM. Hey, you want to grab a coffee? Where do you stand? And I'll just come to them. And, Can't confirm uh, that Fred does this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to meet people in person. I mean, I think like, and that's kind of the whole thing behind my entire business is like that, the power of meeting people in person, building those relationships and just having trust. Like you have to sit in front of somebody, shake their hand, get to know them. It's like 90% of communication is not even verbal. So, so much is just like, you know, nonverbal. So much is like energy and stuff that you can't even pick up on like, you know, a call like this. Um, and people just let their guard down if you're with somebody face to face. You know, if you could get a beer instead of coffee, people will just t- tell you about their personal stuff. And then you have yeah, a real relationship stuff. with somebody. Yeah. Um, so would it work now? Absolutely. People should be trying to build their network and, you know, doing that kind of, uh, doing that kind of thing. You know, there's people talking about people first marketing and all that. That's what it is. It's just like, you know, how do you do something that's a little bit unique, that's a little different and just helps you build the relationships that you need. I've heard tons of cool stories. I think what a lot of salespeople do now um, as the equivalent is it's less of showing up in person and it's more like, hey, like we can send you like a quick gift card for like a coffee chat, um, but still not the same thing as, as showing up in person. So I want to know your, your secret sauce is clearly this, this the one to one meetings and, and just facilitating connections there. How do you do that? What's your go-to, I mean, I hate icebreakers, but what's your go-to icebreaker or just networking tip for making memorable impressions in person? I mean, I think it's being true to who you are. So like, I've, I've been told that I'm like good at building trust. I'm a pretty authentic person. So I feel like if I could just get to know this person, if I could just meet them and chat with them for 20 minutes, I'd be good. And also like the first business I started was in a space that was, you know, a little bit sleazy. So I wanted to be that honest guy that's like trying to do this right. And um, that's what I thought my edge was. Were you, you selling know? snake oil? Yeah, snake oil door to door. As soon as people found <laughs> out, I'd have to move to the next town. Um, <laughs> no, but it was – I was working in this space where um, – like there's a lot of loan sharks and people that like offer toxic debt and financing to companies that death spirals them. And then there's the good guys that, you know, help support the, the small companies, give them what they need and don't try to capitalize on their, you know, on their needs. And I was keeping out the bad guys and bringing in the good guys and, um, you know, now I even forget what the question was. What's my networking tip? Oh, this is this is how we roll meet? here. We 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 okay. like to forget what the question was. But how do you know who is a bad guy and a good guy? Doing research and like talking to them and figuring out what um, in this particular space, um, you know, what's their investment thesis? Are they long term? Are they short term? Are they going to be patient? And then it was a lot of like talking to other people in the space because I had that network of 30 people, I could ask like, Hey, do you know this guy? Is this person good or bad? And, um, 
we have like a list. We call it the naughty list. I feel like I'm Santa or something, but we have this list of hundreds of the people. Santa of that, sass. That's me. Now this space, this is public companies, but also you know. Oh, I know. I'm, it just it was alliteration. Yeah, but in SaaS, I'm trying to do something similar too. So like, you know, there's a lot of agencies that come to events that are the ones that kind of mess up an event because they're so aggressive trying to sell like you know, these five person, 10 person mm-hmm. virtual assistant lead businesses, you know, that those are the ones that annoy me the most are like, Hey, would you like eight to 10 more leads for your business? Like everyone has the same pitch mm-hmm. virtual assistant lead businesses, you know, that those are the ones that annoy me the most are like, Hey, would you like eight to 10 more leads for your business? Like everyone has the same pitch. Everyone's so do you kind breathe of air to- and want more leads? That's exactly. every pitch. Yeah. So um, you you were you were getting into it though, but um, so public companies versus SaaS, whole different yeah. ball games. What is yeah. some similar tactics, and then just just complete differences between the two? They're so different. So, for example, public companies still respond really well to templated, casual cadences. So like, I don't need to send a thousand personalized emails. I send out these cadences and these, cause it's, it's an old predominantly white, low tech audience of investors and like CEOs. They just answer the emails. I keep them extremely short. So they feel like they're written by a person and it just works. Uh, SAS, I feel like people are like, kind of like, outbound snobs like if you're like outbound is off or whatever people are going to just like call you out on it um and make it harder for you kind of because it's like the space everybody's in um we're all just so jaded in SaaS. that's why yeah a little bit too and everyone's kind of selling the dream so like hey my software will change your business and help you 10 exit and you know no None of them totally do. A lot of them are all useful, but um, you know, I've never gotten a hundred percent of what I wanted out of a SaaS product. Um, but no, you know, no offense to any of the people out there. I, a lot of them that I love, but but well, we like to offend people on this podcast. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> um, so a- another thing, and it- it's kind of what you're getting at, and I think that's part of your secret sauce of just succeeding in, in these in-person connections i saw a post you, you read about about just the importance of ditching the ego and looking inward can you expand on that yeah i mean my ego i think when i started out in business i had success really fast like i went i hit a million arr in like a little over a year i was making more money than i had ever made and i was like wow I'm a business genius, like I'm about to take over the world. And then I hit some snags and then it's all just been like, you know, well, even in the beginning I had hiccups to getting to there, but like, it's just a exercise in constantly humbling yourself and just learning like, oh, I'm not that good at this. Like I need to find someone better than me to help me with that. And Like I'll focus on this and then, oh, you know, maybe there's someone better than me at this as well. And just over and over figuring out that like you're not the best person to do something and you need to go outward to figure out who can help you do it. It's 
like you gotta, it's weird that there's so many narcissists that are CEOs because it really takes a ton of humility unless you to do it the right way. I think it's just like, you constantly have to just look at yourself and be like, what am I doing wrong here? What could I do better? If you don't have that mindset, you just get into trouble. And every time I've gotten into trouble, I feel like it's because of my ego. Um, you know, I've even, I'm big on this, way big into this. So there's like this drug called 5-MeO and it's the, the desert toad uh, of Colorado. And basically what it does, I've never taken it, but I've gotten so into like this ego death that it took me down wormholes sure, on sure, the internet. Fred, you've never taken it. <laughs> so what it does is- You're just talking about DMT. Yeah, DMT. So, yeah. so it kills your uh, ego for 10 minutes and you just become one with the entire universe. You're nothing. You're mm -hmm. just like part of the fabric of everything that we all are and you don't exist anymore. And people say it's like the most uh, transforming experience. Like you realize how little you are and how big you are at the same time and some people call it the God molecule. I've never done it. it sounds like you have some experience with it, so I'd well, love to hear more about that. Or deny anything here, but okay. so ego death. It's it's not as I mean it could be, but it's not as scary as it sounds like. I'm gonna butcher it, so I'm gonna read the actual definition that comes up. Um, ego death, also called ego dissolution, in psychoanalysis, mysticism, and some religions. The disappearance of an individual's sense of self or the removal of one's perception of oneself as an entity separate from one's social or physical environment. And again, that, that sounds kind of scary, but it's not like the permanent disassociating. It's about kind of forgetting everything else, realizing like, wait a minute, I'm just like a speck in the universe kind of, um, but in, in a good way. And yeah, good and scary, you know, I think it, it just reminds you that all of us are stressed out right now. All of us are going through different things like, you know, businesses are struggling. People are getting laid off. Like we're all stressed. You work with, with so many founders, C-level people. What do you see as the biggest problem facing them today? And what's your advice oh. to them on that? It's the economy, but even more than that, it's like, how do you treat people? So you can be a great CEO when the market's great and everything's working and it's easy to access capital. But if things go south and you just start treating everybody around you poorly, you're going to implode. You know, that's the time that you need to be a rock for the people around you. It's like, they're looking to you to be the leader. And what leader is, or what it means to me at least, is I'm just these people's support system. Like they need to be able to turn to me kind of like a parent, not that I'm their parent at all. Like, but, you know, and just therapist. Yeah, therapist kind of. You know, I think that kind of thing is just so important, valuable. Um, but they need to just have someone that's a rock and stable and, I think there's so many CEOs out there that are just so stressed out and just taking it out on the people beneath them. And it, there's going to be like a health crisis 
that surrounds the recession. You know, I'm sure during the Great Recession of Great Depression in the 30s, like people's mental health was total garbage. People were all freaking out, and like that's almost worse than than the other impact. You know, it can't you can't let it impact how you treat the people around you. Um, and I think if you just do that right and you show up and do your best and things work out. But so that's what I think it is. I think if you're stressed out, like focus on go inward, calm down, take a deep breath, figure out how to manage your stress, you know, and, um, just so many people I've met with or just feel like they're being mistreated or sick of their job. A lot of bad stuff out there. A lot of bad karma. Let's get into Ascent because you're yeah. in your your sixth year of Ascent, right? Yeah. So I actually, for the people who might not be familiar, could you give us the the pitch for for Ascent Conference? Yeah, it's a mid market only, executive only event for the SaaS space. So people at companies doing five million in ARR to a billion, and then directors, VPs, and C level just a place for them to come and connect. And it's just so needed at a time like this because, you know, your support network, those people around you is where you get strength, where you get ideas and the way you get through a hard time. So we do one in New York city. We do one in San Francisco. Uh, we do a bunch of other stuff virtually, but that's kind of, you know, the thought behind the whole business. And even higher than that, like the meta side of it. And we have another business where we're connecting investors and public companies, but it, it's just this idea of like connections in a box. How can I just deliver the connections that people need to them in a box? And it's through like an ecosystem of events and support groups and all this stuff that I want to build. Um, but to make it easier. So like you don't have to go and bring people coffee at their offices, you know, in New York City, you don't have to take the bus from DC to New York City and then walk around with Starbucks all day. I want to just deliver that to people in like a really easy way um, through just kind of a you know network of events and and uh, community, etc. So that's kind of the thought behind all of it. That's what we do, um, and we're you know we're well on our way, making a lot of good progress. COVID definitely was you know not a good thing for us it was hard to figure out how to go virtual versus being in person and then now the market's pulling back and and that's not a good thing but people that keep their head in hard times and figure out the way through it are the ones that end up really successful and that's just where i'm focused and trying to build for the long term slowly and steadily and trying to do something positive and help people connect and yeah, that's it. Buy your tickets now if you're listening to this. Yeah, go get your tickets October 30th in, in New York City. One of the big things I, I always see is your your group workshops and more one-to-one connections. When I hear conferences, I often think of like the big standard spiel of it all. Um, so tell yeah. me a bit, what are these support groups or, or what do you call them? So we do a lot of roundtables at the conference and it's it's all about solving people's problems sitting at a table with people with the exact same title at the same company size to discuss the challenges that they're facing right now 
the support groups, that's something that's coming in the future where it's just like helping people gather those exact same, you know, people and just check in with each other because we all have those problems that are like the 5% worst part of our week or month that it's like, who do we even talk to about this? Um, and it can, it's part professional, but it kind of molds into like, um, you know, part personal too. If you have a group of people that you really trust, like how nice would it be to just, you know, if you're a VP of marketing, have a group of five other VPs of marketing at companies that are the same size where you meet once a month and you just chat about what's going on. And I just think that would have helped me so much. I just look back on my own path and I'm like, God, I've made so many mistakes. There must be a better way. And it's just about guidance and supporting people with the connections that they need. And um, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about the B2B world and SaaS is we are super willing to help each other because one, we don't know everything and we're, we're willing to admit that. I mean, especially the marketers. Um, so the collaborative nature is just something about that. You have a ton of, of speakers and workshop guests lined up. I'm just I'm just looking at it. We have co-founders, VP of revenues, um, directors. I'm seeing co-founder of Hockey Stack, Chili Piper. Tons of we have Apollo in here. How do you how do you get all these great guests on board? I'm just reaching out to them, calling them. Um, you know, same thing that everybody does. But and I don't like talking about myself or. Uh, the business that much so i'm happy to change top we can go back to the five meo that was pretty no, I mean, interesting i'm super curious because like to... there's there's a lot of conferences out there like there's a lot yeah. of events there's a lot of noise in b2b so yeah. it, it's really not easy to differentiate yourself and get people on board for these events you it's seem to have, like, have really done that yeah it's like the size it's like i mean so similar to with the public companies, we are trying to keep out these sleazy loan shark guys. At at this type of an event, we're keeping out the account executives. No offense, account executives watching this. We're keeping out the two like pre-revenue founders. We're keeping out the agencies and just removing all the noise so that people are just there connecting, have an opportunity to talk, and there's just none of the wasted time. And people just connect with that, like the 5 million to, you know, and the sweet spots, 5 million to 200 million, like that mid market space. Um, yeah. I mean, I've done startup events. I've been to startup events and I love founders. I'm a founder. That's like what drives me is helping these type of people, but I'm going to be real with you founders are animals man like if you get 300 early stage founders at an event we did this event where we had 300 early stage founders at booths and um you know it was kind of like a tech crunch disrupt type thing but they are aggressive like these people are just like you know doing whatever it takes to try to get sales for their business and right and that's kind of my question like a lot of conferences end up having or events like yeah everyone goes in with you know good intentions but it ends up just everyone trying to sell to each other um yeah how do you it's about setting the intent man like 
you know, how do you market the event? And if you market it with an intent, like this is about supporting each other, learning, like figuring out how we're going to get through the current market environment, then you get people with that same intent. And that's really important to us. Um, so it's really just kind of the theme. And a lot of it's like, you know, I, my values and my values on the team and then it all just kind of oozes into it. It's all like a reflection of who our team is and, and what we want to do, like what our goal is, which is to help people and to do it with kindness. And, um, you know, I, yeah, if there's some bad apples in there, then we don't want them back. I mean, that's more important to us than, then the money is like getting it all right. So quote Selena Gomez, kill him with kindness. Yeah. Is that the singer? <laughs> she has a song. She has, kindness. <laughs> she's like um, the most followed person on Instagram, I believe. Is she? Is that true? I think well, she you, you is. You barely I mean, seem she's... to know her. So I, I don't know if I'm no, going to take your word for it. Yeah. 130 <laughs> million um, uh, followers on Instagram, I believe. Maybe. Something like that. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like Taylor uh, will go into that, but um, before we switch gears, yeah, before we switch gears, though, um, you've seen so many presentations, I imagine, um, so many conversations. What is one of the memorable ones that you've seen? And you don't really need to go into the details more so is like, how does why did that stick out to you? And how can other people emulate that? This one quote from this one talk just sticks in my head and I'm friends with the guy that said it, but um, like, cause I've felt it. Like when he said it, I was like, I've really felt that way. And he was a founder and he was talking to a mentor and he's freaking out. He's like, the world's coming to an end. The sky's falling. And the guy asked him, he was like, are you going to jail tomorrow for the rest of your life? And he was like, did you just find out that you have a terminal, terminally ill disease that's going to take your life within the next six months or whatever? And and then, you know, answers no, no. And what he said to him after that was, he was like, you have an infinite number of opportunities to impact your situation right now. And it's so true. Um, you know, people feel like, everything's over, like everything's so bad. What am I going to do? How do I fix this? And it's not that bad. It really is not that bad. And emotions are the worst advisor that you possibly have. Your emotions are going to make you scared and make you do stupid things. But the situation that every, anybody's in is probably just not that bad. And I've been there like where I'm like definitely been in spots where I was like, okay, well, this is it. Got to have to shut the business down. And, yeah. uh, and it's just not that it's just always like not that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, to, to add in, it's, it's not about minimalizing anyone's problems because no. that's not what it is. It's, it's more about at, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we're, we're in B2B. Uh, we're not building bridges that are going to collapse. We're not, um doing doing stuff like that so we have to come back to it um so i do want to switch gears into our next yeah, segment which is which is spill the tea with lee this is the segment where we spill the tea on all things b2b 
That's right. This is the sassiest podcast for B2B, and it's going to get juicy. Fred, conferences can be quite the mixed bag for attendees. Some find them exhilarating, while others, like myself, can find them exhausting, sometimes cringy. What's your take on this? So, I mean, I'm an introvert, like you stated you were earlier in the podcast, and I get so exhausted if I'm out networking, talking to people. I just don't have a ton of stamina for that. So something we do is just let people carve their own path. Like It's not like there's any specific route that they have to take. They could come and do all roundtables. They could come and focus on one-on-ones. They could come and just like recharge and just watch the content and like the stage content. So that people have that ability to kind of throttle whatever their their level of participation is. And I think that makes it, you know, nice for them. You know, people can kind of choose their path. What else do I do? Yeah, I love choosing your path, not being forced to yeah. do any of that. How do you prevent What's a cringy those... conference? I mean, you know, every, every conference kind of has a cringy moment where you're just in some... So I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say one. So I I was yeah. at Inbound, um, one year. This person who was supposed to be a subject matter expert and was leading this big talk on Zapier, and they were an expert on it. Uh, they did a good job, but they kept pronouncing it as Zapier, and I just cannot, <laughs> I just cannot yeah. get out of this situation. Like Zapier makes you happier. It's a zap. Um, so to me that was a cringe, but there's also just like cringe after parties or just sometimes things become echo chambers. How do you prevent some of that? You can't, bro. I think it just happens. We, I remember we had this one speaker who like had all these demands and this guy that I was working with was like, this guy's the real deal. We have to just do whatever he says. And he wanted like a confetti cannon he wanted like certain foods and I was like, dude, this is we're a startup. Like this guy thinks he's Confetti like, Cannon's going on one stage. thing. Food food is different because like if he was a person, a lot of times like actor well, he's not a celebrity I mentioned, but they have like writers in their contracts, like I need to have M and M's or, or something. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous. Um but but did you get the cannon? You know, we did. And uh we did get them. I don't remember how it went, but uh, I would imagine it was pretty cringy, you know? I, so <laughs> I guess you can't really control it is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, people are all so different. Somebody's going to make you cringe, and that's just life. Yeah, that's all I got for you, Lee. What's your take on celebrities speaking at B2B conferences or just conferences in general? What's the point? Like, why? Like, it's not... Thank you. you. Know, you Thank watch you. Watch Netflix. Yeah. Thank you. Like, I cannot stand when it's, like, an inbound so guilty of this. I mean, I'm just going to pick on them. Like, no, this person does not have business advice for me. It doesn't apply to, to me or or them or anybody. They have a whole team behind them. They're using their celebrity brand. This is not relevant. I, now, I, I get it. People, um, you do it to sell tickets, but also maybe just make the tickets cheaper or have better food instead of shelling the money out for these celebrity speakers who are talking out their ass and then don't even stay around to engage with people. Now, like I I get it when they have like comedy like people like it's part of it's not part of the conference but it's like the after show. 
Like, Foo Fighters at Dreamforce was probably cool, but again, like, didn't Salesforce just lay off tons of people? Like, couldn't they have used that money better? No, that's so true, man. And it, like, attracts the wrong type of people. Like, if you go to Inbound to see Reese Witherspoon instead of going for the networking and people aren't there for the right intent, then it just... That serendipity that happens at the conference, it's just like killing that vibe. You know, there's a whole energy. And uh, yeah, I think it just promotes the wrong thing. And I'm guilty of it. We got this baseball player. He was like an MVP of baseball. I forget his name right now. But, uh, and there was just no value in it. I was like, what was the point of that? Um, Nice guy. We had dinner with him. It was a cool experience, but, you know, just. Yeah, no point. And everyone's like, everyone's got like a crazy conference or event story. All the ones I've heard are about the speakers, just like celebrity speakers being prima donna. I heard this story about Mariah Carey speaking at like some big like B two B conference. What was she, she doing was just there? Like, I have no idea, but the way that she acted was just like I forget the story because uh, I was there was drinking involved, but. Uh, it was just a crazy situation. <laughs> Mariah Carey is allowed out once a year, and it's during Christmas. I don't know what she was doing yeah. there. Oh, she kills it with the Christmas songs. I'll definitely give yeah, her that. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing with Eminem, you know, like I feel like Eminem's an authentic guy, and I appreciate him. And she dissed Eminem, so if I have to choose one of those two, I'm gonna, you know, go with Eminem, not Mariah Carey. We can go into I'm Eminem surprised too, by how I, much I know about pop culture, man. I, I'm well, trying to I, I do have takes on Eminem. Early stuff, like some of the best stuff, but I don't know, like his new stuff when he shows up with the beard, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're acting like a parody of yourself. Um, <laughs> also, I agree with that. Yes, um, Eminem would be cool at a, a conference, I guess. Um, but there's a lot that goes behind the scenes in, in planning and running live events. You were talking about some of these crazy requests. Can you walk us through any perhaps horror stories or maybe almost horror stories when you were managing or or planning for these events? Um, Oh, the worst thing that ever happened was like we had 3,000 people showing up the next day and we had like ordered the badges at the last minute and every single badge showed up because we like chose this one that was like an example that had my name on it. Everyone showed up with my name printed on it. So it was like Fred Rockwell, like thousands and thousands of them. And I just remember sitting there, we were opening these boxes with like my team. And I was like, wow, we're so screwed. It was such a hopeless feeling. But and at the end of the day, it didn't even it didn't even matter. No one cared. That, you should have just turned around. Like it was a, it was a it was a branding tactic. You just wanted everybody <laughs> to to know your name. Like that's yeah. what you should have just turned around. Yeah, I didn't have the marketing background for that, man. I wish I'd known you. <laughs> well, that. I'm saying that now, not yeah. in the pressure of that moment, from the comfort yeah. of my armchair. Um, yeah. What is that piece of art that you have on your wall? I. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm admiring it. my listeners probably know this by now. This is bold and brash. It was painted by Squidward in an episode of SpongeBob. Got it. It's a little hazy, like from what I can see, but it looks pretty cool. And why did you yeah, put it you right can Google, there on the wall? 
Yeah, you can Google bold and brash. It's it's Squidward's piece of art. It's the only okay. painting I've ever purchased. Also, if you're listening, just stop the podcast and Google it now. Uh, bold, what is it? Bold, bold and brash. And brash. Yeah. You either uh, know or you don't. Interesting. All right. I like it. Yeah, because I was on earlier with um, Evan Patterson, if you know him, and he was like, I literally have the same exact painting and i'm like oh well gays obviously but but that's just yeah <laughs> um if if you had to pick a theme song for for a scent conference what would be the anthem and licensing is not an issue here we have we have full licensing oh, wow. rights money is no object well it would have to be something about like connecting people and supporting and like being together like those are the thoughts Come together by the Beatles. That's a good one. Yeah. At first, I thought you were gonna say like "We Are the World" or something, and I was worried. But "Come Together" is is like the best choice. It, that's what I'm about, man. That's what I care about is like helping people connect, just making it easy for people to connect, giving people the support that they need. Um, that's you know the values I'm trying to build my business on. So. Well, you're doing it. Everybody I see in my network either like knows about it or is going to it, I feel like. One good place to end is, so people go to conferences, the adrenaline's kicking, you're meeting all these people, you're having great conversations, and then the conference ends and it's a week later or a few days later, they're coming back to their inboxes, they're fatigued. How do you continue that conversation and, and keep that engagement going without getting lost it's just for me it's like how do you like have some kind of a connection with the person and it's like you talk about something that's interesting to them like if i've sent you an email talking about that bold and brash squidward and like found like something interesting about it that's an email that you would 100 percent respond to if i sent people start doing that to me now i'm blaming you Okay. Yeah. But uh, it's just personalize <laughs> it. Make it feel like you have some kind of connection with this person. And that's it. You know, uh, we're not robots. And that's always been what I've done that works. Um, so, one weird one. To- I'm going to jump in with an anecdote because that's what I do. Um, so, personalization, like, be careful with that too. Because, again, I'm going to say cringe again because I'm a negative Nancy. That's clearly not in your vocabulary, Fred. Um, but I had a post, and I was doing like B2B magazine as a joke for, for a bit. Um, and I was like, Gator for B2B um, and something. And then um, a salesperson used that on the subject line. Um, and like they CC'd my team too. And we were just like, that's one way to get attention, I guess. But like, <laughs> like other people didn't get it. And I'm like, weird. Um, yeah, I yeah, think so it's sorry, who I you jumped. are, man. Yeah, like I bet that person <laughs> is a huge... Like they're a cringy person. There's just cringy people. He probably now you're just copying my word. Yeah, I'm stealing it. He he probably sends tons of cringy emails. You know, like but somebody. No, see, but now I'm being the person. I'm being the person you were describing before of just. I'm now being the guy shaming the salesperson. Yeah, I'm 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 the person you were talking about. I'm not gonna apologize because this is spill the tea. Um, but also I will apologize. No hate sales. Thank you, Lee. Just don't say Gator for B2B unless, like, you're going to, like, reference it, right? So the 6th Annual Ascent Conference is October 30th in New York. 
And tickets are almost sold out. So definitely go and get your tickets now before it is too late. Where can people go and get them, Fred? On the website, www.ascentconf.com. Lee, thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And I will see everybody for the next episode of Lee to Be.